you are tuning into the What Profit Podcast. We are your host. I am Haven B here with my special guest, Andy Zemaletea. Welcome, welcome. How are you doing, Haven? Absolutely fantastic. Uh, the For Profit Boys go back to back. Adam Scott and Patrick Reed. Pretty impressive by Mr. JD. Yeah, he's uh, he's living high off the hog. Yeah, yeah, he was he was back there on Sunday, absolutely chilling out. Um, very impressive, I will say, very impressive. There's a reason that I uh, joined with him on this podcast. He's a pretty sharp cat. Yeah, I only hit Bryson, which hurts. Yeah. I've had a really I've had a really good streak of uh, live betting. Uh, all right. Like, and getting in that freaking that golf chat that we talk in, that's been mm-hmm. a bad influence. I thought it was going to be a bad influence, but I've been doing a lot of that uh, just live betting. And I added some after the two weeks ago, after the disaster hole mm-hmm. for Scott and was it, who was it? Scott and Rory that had the like simultaneously had the disaster hole. Ugh, Scott, yeah, Scott, yeah, Scott was like five or six to one. I took a little bit of action. It wasn't, you know, it's not as good as getting the pre-tournament price, but still felt nice to watch him play Sunday and get that done. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, JD killed it for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so really excited for everybody who uh, tagged along his article and listened to us last week. Uh, really appreciate that. PGA Tour moves to the West Coast this week to the Honda Classic. Did you watch the were you in golf this time last year, or you didn't start till after the Masters? I started. Yeah, I started at the Masters. I goofed around a little with some of it, but mostly, you know, mostly once you get to the Masters, when I started taking taking things a little more serious. Okay. Well, this course is extremely dangerous. Uh, plenty of water, black on Bermuda greens. A lot of these guys either live in florida or texas so the majority of these guys are going to feel very familiar little course description here it's 80 miles north of miami tom fazio designed very very water heavy generally windy par 70 7100 yards average width fairways thick gnarly rough so you got to hit it straight this week. So we're looking for plotters and guys who uh, avoid bogey. 67 bunkers. So sand game is going to be important. Elevated contoured big green, 7,000 square feet on average. Water, El Agua, will be in play on 15 holes. Plenty in contention here have taken a bath on the, on the, on the back nine because it's a uh, very, very dangerous. Um, greens and regulation, wind management, and Bermuda putting are going to be very important this week. Do you have your model pulled up? I do, and yeah, like just like everything you said, I read a few, you know, informational articles about the course and mm-hmm. did some reading up against who's played well here, and just yeah, everything about the course sounds like it sucks. Like, you know, a a fun course to watch, but Christ, I wouldn't want to play it. Like you said, water on three quarters of the hole, 60 some bunkers. If the, and it's not protected at all. If the wind kicks up, it's going to be a terrible place to play. 
that you know scary fairways as far as you can't just dig in and bomb it if you're you know if you end up not having very good driving accuracy you're gonna have a bad time so yeah you need a you need a specific set of guys for this one it's funny like i don't know if you ran your i'm sure you ran yours obviously by now but yes mine has mine had some surprising names near the top including uh a winner from last week not in the not not the not the oh. winner you're thinking of. The, the winner oh, down no, no, in Puerto no, no, Rico. No. Oh, believe me. He's on he's gonna be popping on a lot of people's model actually this week. Oh yeah. Yeah, my my top three are a uh, couple of Puerto Rican guys. Hovland. I know uh, Van Ruin Van Ruin played up in uh played up in Mexico, but uh, Harris English, number one in my model. Harris English. Yes. I'm wow. not sure. Just like you said, bogey avoidance. He's monster. Mm-hmm. Big gainer on bogey avoidance. Plays well on par fours. I didn't do anything with par threes. I don't know if you did. No. It's kind of no. like a, maybe I, I would probably put bogey avoidance as what I'm using to battle these. I mean, very hard par threes. And yeah. you only get a couple chances at five. So basically, it's don't screw up. Take advantage of the few opportunities you get. Try to get to like minus six. Hopefully the weather holds. Yeah, yes. I think single digits is going to be a pretty good score here. I mean, there's just like these, you know, landmines, you know, on every corner here. 15 through 17 are absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so you're just kind of just trying to make hay on those. Uh, for some reason, no, not for some reason. Rory popped first on my model. Followed by JT Hideki and Adam Scott. Now, hold on. Nope. That's uh, okay. I'm looking at the. For some reason, I have Mexico up. I was going to say that's a pretty good, pretty good lineup for last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hold on. There we go. Let's see this sugar. I'm kind of. I want to curious. I want to ask where you had Sanjay. I see a lot of people liking him. He's in my top ten. Can I have some different names here? He's going to pop up on every ball yeah. striking course. Yep. Uh, Brooks, On, and Fleetwood popped top three. Hovland did pop in the top ten. Yep, I've got Brooks top ten. Fleetwood's high on up, high up too. Actually, Fleetwood's fourth. So mm-hmm. I'm similar there. I did find some matchups that I'm probably going to use those guys in. There were some some wild matchups. And sometimes I think that's where I struggle mm-hmm. is just using my model and then, you know, starting and looking at some of the differences in some of these matchups. Like, oh, here's a guy I have really high and he's playing a guy I have pretty low. Mm-hmm. And a big problem I had last year that I learned about was – some of these guys that are ranked really high in a model, you know, like top 10. Mm-hmm. And then you find a guy that's middle of the field. And that's that's a big difference. But then you find out he's middle of the field just because he has no there's there's just not enough information on him. Yeah. He doesn't he that's... doesn't have enough rounds. They fall into that. Anybody who uses uh, you know, Fantasy National, if you scroll down into some of these and you see that big black area. In the, mm-hmm. in the model, or it's like they, these people just don't have <laughs> enough rounds. They don't have enough. There's not enough information, so they just get thrown in the middle. You can't say they're good or they're bad according to a model. There's just incomplete data, and you know, betting against some of those guys was kind of a problem because 
you didn't know that they were maybe better than they were. And I had some bad matchups because of it, but I'm not seeing a ton of that this week. I'm seeing a, a few guys I want to fade matching up against guys I have up high. So I'm kind of excited to get back in. I haven't done any full round or excuse me, full tournament matchups for the past few weeks after kind of a, you know, I guess I didn't really understand what I was getting into at the beginning of the season with some of these goofy tournaments, but happy to be back on a normal 36 hole cuts, just a nice normal tournament with a nice field and getting back to the basics here. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I definitely look not only to your model, but you always want to look at uh, who is um, their form also coming in, in addition to what your model spitting out. So if you see a guy kind of struggling, especially ball striking-wise, and you're not really high on him or down on him and you like another guy, that's a really, really think a really good thing that you want to look at. You want to go with a guy like limit your plays you don't need to have like 10 plays find a guy that's just high in your model coming in a good form that you like against a guy who is lower in your model coming in with mediocre form and that yeah, will exactly. narrow, narrow your uh narrow your range down a little bit and that's and that's what i want to do with some of these so i've identified a few matchups and I'll, i mean i'll probably run a couple past you here and I'm going to whittle it down because, like you said, I don't want to make a ton of plays. But mm-hmm. yeah, I want to I want to take some of the guys that are popping in my model who are playing, you know, in these matchups against someone who's not, and then kind of dig in a little deeper, do some due diligence, figure out, you know, the form, or is it just some something goofy the way I weighted the model that's making them appear much better or worse in that case than they are? So, do you use that head head feature on uh, Fantasy National ever? Yep, I'm going to pop that open, and then I'm going to look mm-hmm. at a few things on the. Uh, what's the other? What's the website you decided to? You showed me the other day, Fantasy Golf Insiders. Yeah, Fantasy Golf Insiders. Yeah, some good information on there too. As far as oh, yeah. uh, I, I think, I, I really did like some of the information they had on um, guys who you know were better on POA and struggled on POA. That was nice the past couple weeks to find some find some nice value spots. Yeah, I'm really good friends with the owner Zach. Uh, he's really, really, really solid golf nerd. He's been doing this for, I guess, about five years now. So definitely check those guys out. Um, so how many outrights are you going to do this week? Boy, that's a question, you know, JD and I don't see eye to eye on that. He likes to spread it out, which is probably the right way. Mm -hmm. But I just, I've never decided you know, the math behind how that should be done. Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to start going lighter on that. Maybe just doing one or two that I think are just grossly mispriced Mm -hmm. according now, I think, and then maybe adding throughout the tournament. Last year I was doing, you know, five, six, somewhere in there, between four and six, I'd say every week. And I think maybe I want to go between two and three looking to maybe add, you know, one, two or three during the tournament. As I see fit, I think maybe that's going to be my strategy here. Um, just because of Harris English being so high and his number being what it is, I feel like I'm going to add him, and then probably a couple other ones. You know, that's just it's it's tough when you have when you have some guys. I mean, just look at the DK prices, guys like seven thousand dollar fantasy guys when they're popping in your top ten. It's hard not to realize like, oh man, they're going to be a big number. Right, hundred um, percent. 
Yeah, I think that's a good way to go about it. Uh, basically, I kind of look, and especially for those guys a little further down the sheet, just go ahead and just wait until you know they either get off to a good start or uh, they make the cut. And I tell you what, you'll see some crazy movement on this course also. You know, with all the water, you know, one guy dunks it in the water and boom, it's double. You know, you think you got a matchup locked up, especially if the wind starts blowing up. And I did do a little bit of due diligence with the weather. Um, the winds aren't anything crazy, but they're going to be blowing, you know, basically 15 to 17 miles per hour come Saturday. Nothing much Sunday. Uh, so, I mean, you're not going to see crazy carnage, but I mean, all it takes is a little bit of wind on the course with this, with this much water on there. That's kind of, I saw the same thing, maybe a little bit Friday into Saturday, but hopefully, and who knows, I mean, we're talking on it to a Tuesday night here. You mm -hmm. never know what the weather's going to do, but if you can get a guy that has all the, you know, the attributes that we're looking for. If you can get them in contention on Sunday and the weather's not there to just screw everything up, mm -hmm. I think you'll be in good shape. Yeah, I'm seeing a little bit of wind on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, with that being said, are you going strictly off your model for top for your top five plays? Or are you just you just kind of kind of you gonna kinda pick and choose? As far as as far as head to heads, yeah. Give me your top five. I guess we can go over them. Give me your top five head to heads. I don't have Justin Rose very high at all. No, I know a I few guys that are, and they put him up against Woodland, and that I mean the price isn't it's not expensive. If you just want money line, it's like minus one twenty five right now. I can lay a stroke and a half and get to minus one hundred five. That's probably my favorite one right now. I mean, Gary checks a ton of boxes for me. And then I, I guess I haven't, that's the half I haven't looked at. Like, it's easy. It's fun to look at the top, you know, look at all those nice green numbers, look at what people do well. The, you know, the half I haven't looked at is, you know, what what's holding Justin Rose back at, at a tournament like this and why he is a little lower. And it looks like you know, a lot of it's maybe his par four play, his bogey avoidance, and probably the driver. Hasn't played well here either. Yeah, and then, yeah, of course, history. Yeah, I think his record here, I think he missed the cut in uh, 2015, I guess, was the last time he played here. Yeah, Jay Rose. Where is he at? There he is. Missed cut 2015. Current form, 56 missed cut and a second six weeks ago. So, yeah. So, if you got him versus Woodland, I think that's actually a pretty positive way to go about it. Yeah, just like his last five, I mean, his last five tournaments, he has negative strokes gained. Not by a lot, but, I mean, a guy with his name, he shouldn't be a minus point, you know, a minus point two strokes gained guy. He just doesn't have great form right now, so. so oh, yeah, like, you're, the, yeah. you're the one that I mean, the, where was it? Where did he, yeah, he got a top five. I mean, he hasn't played a ton yet this year either. Yeah. And that's a big also, part of that, I think. Yeah, he hasn't really 
played a lot this year. He's come over from Dubai, I think, is what happened. And uh, when he was in Tory, I guess that's the last time he teed it up. Oh, and maybe that's where things are screwing with me. Like when you start Riviera. looking at, you play Riviera. You start looking at stuff like that, and you don't take into account foreign tournaments. And that was mm-hmm. the thing I wanted to dig into because I had trouble with a matchup early in the year. And it was, I can't remember what the guy played, like uh, South Africa, I think. You know, I, I look at I look at the raw numbers, and I'm looking at tournaments where they keep track of things. I'm like, oh, his form sucks. And then you find out, well, like, you dig into <laughs> it, and like, oh, it's like, literally, he won a tournament last week. Like, this, this guy's playing, you know, it, it, it's not the same. It's not like winning a tour event over here. But, it, you know, it, it still is winning a lower-level tournament. You still have to be playing fairly well. So, Have you pulled up uh, Mike Miller's cheat sheet on Twitter? I have not. Okay. So every week you should pull that up. And he has – basically it's like a – looks like a racing sheet kind of. It has a column for course form, like how they've been playing here over the last six, seven years. And then it'll have a column for recent form. But it doesn't matter if they played either on the PGA Tour or on another tour. He's still got it listed. And I don't know. I don't if- even follow this guy. Why didn't you tell me about him? He's got a cheat sheet for everything. He's got the yeah. women's. He's got the oh, New yeah. Zealand Open, the Corn Ferry. Yeah. This guy's hardcore. That's what I'm here for, man. Come on now. Smart golf. So at Smart Golf Bets. Yeah. I found him. Absolutely phenomenal. He, this guy, he, he just he – just, he is a God's gift to golf handicappers. Well, this is nice. It definitely a nice little course form, recent form, little chart. And like you said, they have it for everything. So, yeah, I'm going to keep this up and dig a little deeper. But I, I think regardless of what Rose has done and maybe some of the travel, travel certainly isn't a positive in this case. Nope. Definitely so not. I'm definitely that that one's making the card. Woodland over Rose was my strongest angle. That's that's staying in. The one the ones I have maybe trouble with is guys I don't know as well that end up a little further down the card. The ones that the ones that you see, I don't know, you know, depending on what book you have, the ones that only have money lines, they don't have spreads, because they're they're people that are further down the the rankings a little. And I have Sam Burns pretty low. And who's his matchup? I don't even know. I, I don't even know if I'm saying the guy's name right. Tom Hogue. Uh, how do we say it? Hogue? 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 No, Hogie is another guy. Well, that, no, this is Tom, Tom Hogie. Oh, Hogie, yeah. Okay. I'm going to call him Hogie. Okay. But I have him fairly high against Sam Burns. And that's one, like, you know, I don't watch those guys as much. I need to dig in quite a bit deeper. To you can't watch them because they're not on TV most of the yeah, time. Yeah, I know. It's like they're not they're not showing the Sam Burns group on Saturday. Like, it's not, it's not, Sam Burns, happen. I don't know if you remember this last year. Sam Burns is that guy who beat Tiger the last day. Oh, shit. I do, I do know the name. It just Yeah, okay. just, I mean, just I'm just helping you ring a bell. Yeah, he's 120. I mean, they're both way down. They're down in the 125 to 1 range. And, yeah, I just want to look at cut. And, if anything, Thomas had some nice form. He was almost a first-round leader, what, two Mm -hmm. weeks ago? See, see. 
I remember that. Well, I, I remember I, I that's my favorite band of Janie's is the first strong leader stuff. But yeah, he's had a he's had a, actually he had a couple of top tens earlier in the year. Or yeah, calendar twenty twenty it says. I'm I'm still in this cheat sheet. Like I'm I'm stuck in this thing. This thing's awesome. Yeah, it just puts everything kind of like in a really, really excellent frame so you don't have to like keep going back and forth. What is it? What is his odds on the sheet? He is a hundred to one. Okay. And yeah, like I think he's made every cut. This is one this is one of those where you feel like if you do cash it, it's because your guy makes the cut. And the opponent yeah. doesn't. Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite. I want the bet to be over on Friday night. You know, no I do enjoy bet. that. I had one tournament where nothing made it through the week to the weekend on full tournaments. You know, right. for good for good and bad. Yeah, I think right. I, I, went, I went maybe like four and two, but everything was over. It was a weird feeling. So I, I guess <laughs> I'm gonna have to I guess I'm gonna have to play a bunch of uh single round stuff, showdown stuff now just to have some action. I, I don't have any Sunday sweats because I think my outrights are doing poorly. But trust me, yeah. bro, it's a it's a great feeling when that, that thing's over with come uh come Friday, Friday night. I don't, I don't, I don't need to have Sunday sweat. I only want Sunday sweats for you know twenty unit wins for outrights. Yeah, I think my Tom Hoagie. The only knock on him is driving distance. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not a huge probably, driving distance course, though. No, you know I'm just like looking at everything he does and bogey avoidance. He's very high. He plays well on par fours. He's putting decent. He's not losing strokes in the greens. Um, that's something I read about and I wanted to ask you about. I always turn that whenever I come on here, I always turn this and just ask Kevin a million questions. But okay. the greens and you know, you watch so much golf. You're watching the ladies tour, you're doing that, you're doing it all. But oh yeah. Something I read multiple times was they redid these greens last year. And it was a you know, not a disaster, but when you redo it like that, they just turn into this, you know, like the hood of a car. Not pure. Yeah, it's just you know, really hard to get on, really fast, really they hard. They were firm. It, they were firm last year. That's firm. what I remember. Yeah, and they they said you know now that it's been a full another year, they said these greens might be a little more receptive. So I think some of these guys that do have a good uh, do have a good approach shot, maybe can go a little lower if the weather holds. So maybe we'll see somebody getting double digits below. Par. Maybe, maybe. Um, I don't think it's going to have a huge effect based on. My handicapping, um, I mean, I understand that maybe there'll be, you know, there'll probably still be firm, especially if the if the wind blows, it also dries the greens out. So mm-hmm. all ball that it just makes somebody with great ball striking have a bigger edge if you're looking toward your, uh, toward your st- statistics. Yeah, and he does, like, just the stuff that always pops. I mean, just – there's never going to be a tournament where I don't have approach weighted pretty heavily. He's a good approach guy. He's been a good putter and his ball striking's good enough where he's a, you know, he's a top 20 guy for me. So uh, I think, I think Hoagie's, Hoagie's getting played. I think I, I've already had two. I haven't been able to talk myself out of anything yet. I haven't seen him listed on my, he's not on my local sheet. I guess I look at some of the other books. Hoagie's not listed on there. 
Yeah, this is. Oh. I pulled some stuff from Five Dimes and Bookmakers so far. That's where I start, and then I'll look into some of the other ones. See, price shopping these is the ultimate pain in the ass. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Because you have, and you, you know, that was something I learned early on. Like, oh, this this other book just has completely different matchups. It doesn't have the same, you know, the same set. Love some weird subset of different matchups. And I am seeing one pop. What do you got? And it's uh, not Varn. It was um, Harmon. Harmon over Luke List. And Harmon is fifth on my model. And I haven't seen Luke List do anything this year. And I'm still scrolling and I don't see Luke List's name. Where is he on your model? He is... Looks like he's down there a bit. I don't have Brian Harmon all that high, though. I, I guess I'd be, I'd be curious... As to what you make, why you make Brian Harmon a little higher. Well, he pops like, okay, I rank strokes gain T to green very high. Mm-hmm. Yep, strokes he's high. gain approach. Yep. Uh, around the greens, I think it's going to be important here. And par four scoring. I, did, I didn't do a lot of bogey avoidance. Let's look at Brian Harmon's history here. Yeah, I think that's why I, I included some bogey avoidance, and he's a lower number there. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, that's maybe a tough one to use because it's you're using numbers from very, very different courses. Brian Harmon, maybe you want to throw some sand stuff or some scrambling in instead. Brian Harmon is fifty fifty here as far as cuts made, and has not missed a cut this year. Luke List is about the same as far as cuts made and he's missed two cuts this year. He is coming in in decent form, but on my model, I think I'm going to have to go with Harmon. Yeah. And I have lists a little lower on putting just in general. Mm -hmm. If he struggles, like, you know, I talked about the greens and some of the stuff I read about him and how they're, you know, maybe a little more receptive, not as firm, but who knows, you know, we haven't seen it play yet. If, uh, if the greens are tough, guys who can't putt are really going to have a bad time. Yeah. I'm, I tend to be the Brian Harmon whisperer on this thing. So if my model <laughs> pops out, Brian Harmon, he's a little, I don't know if you've ever seen him before. He's like five, seven, and he tends to win on course or play well on courses that people don't think he's going to play well on. Like hard, kind of like harder courses. He almost he had a chance to uh, win the U.S. Open that year. Brooks won the f- first time. I don't have him low, but definitely we're looking at some different stuff. And I think <laughs> I think it's it's the bogey avoidance that I threw yeah. in. Like that drags him down in my model quite a bit. Um. Did you do anything with good drives? I added a little bit of good drives gained because I am worried about people. You know, you don't need to be a bomber, but you need to be somebody you can straight and good. You know, don't, uh, I don't know how many people, I guess it might be up to, you know, just their personal preference and what the, what the weather's doing and what the caddy says. But I mean, you just, are you dropping a club at a lot of these? 
Just yeah, you don't have to hit. You definitely don't have to hit driver everywhere here. Uh, you're definitely, you know, guys like Gary Woodland, guys who club down, uh, should have a bit of an advantage here. What What about a uh, Benny on? Even though he pops high, my model, he can get on a bogey train with the best of them. So he's matched up with Van Ruyen, who. I don't think has any course history here, but man, he just really impressed me last week. Yeah, he was like the sore thumb. And you look at that leaderboard, the leaderboard was just a who's who, and then Eric Van Ruyen. Yeah, he just kind of came out. He's a great player. Yeah, he's a a guy out of South Africa, beautiful swing. Uh, Fell apart a little bit mid round Sunday and then really closed nicely. I don't know if I like it enough to make a play on it, but he is plus 125 versus Ben Yunan, who is a – God, the guy is just a double bogey just waiting to happen. I think I'm going to wait and see on that one. Yeah, he's he's another one that gets dragged down for putting for me because he is a – like yeah, he's a three-putt. He's a three putt after he, you know, finds a sand trap away from like a quad. Oh boy, he's he's atrocious. Oh, here's one that really popped up for me: uh, Lee Westwood over Matthew Wolf. I'm gonna have to find that one. I feel like Westy was high in my. Yeah, I would agree with that one. Yeah, that's one that immediately popped on my model. Uh, I could definitely see that one moving really fast come Wednesday. I could see him going to like you know, minus 130, minus 140. Uh, Matthew Wolf is a kind of a bomber birdie fest kind of player. And this is not a birdie fest. And Westwood, I think almost positive Westwood lives in the area. So he's pretty familiar with this course. That's another thing that you'll find. I shouldn't I'm like should get should be getting paid for this, but the fantasy uh, golf insider they mm-hmm. have a nice they have a nice article where they just somebody does all that work for you, and there's just a long list of like, hey, here's people who have connections to the area, whether they grew up here, they live here, they went to college nearby, you know, they played this course a bunch. That's kind of fun to look at. I don't know if I've fully taken advantage of anything yet, but it's, it's nice to look at. Maybe you can find a, find an edge here and there with that. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a huge deal. You know, and I'm going through my stuff, Gary Woodland, Oosties popping for them, Hovland. And that's the thing with a wolf, you know, you say big hitter, birdie fest guy. And I wonder if, you know, it's just some of the younger guys like that. You come off the lower tours or qualifying school, mm-hmm. you know some of the you know the courses are easier. Like that, you don't have this course, and I wonder if some of the young guys will just struggle here in general. Guys, it seems like they're all like that. As far as they all get a big swing, they all end up winning these you know smaller tournaments or like Hovland. What Hovland shoot in Puerto Rico? Like minus twenty five. I mean that was a. Yeah. It was. It's that kind of tournament, that kind of course. So, I I thought of that earlier when I was just kind of looking at who was high and who was low. And I think some of those younger guys, you know, even if some one of them wants to pop a little, I might be tempted to just stay away from them on a on a course like this. That might have been the most 
I mean, that might have been the most obvious winner I've, I've seen in about a year. Just like when you looked at him and like what he's done when he starts versus that field, it was just like. Yeah, he, no, had, he had like a triple in the back nine on Sunday and still won. Yeah, everybody, you know, I promise you, if you look at golf tournaments, guys who make double generally do not win a golf tournament. So just think of how talented this guy is for him to make a triple on Sunday and then the resolve to come back and still put the tournament away. That's you know, that's That speaks volumes to me. So I'm. Uh, I think Victor Hovland's going to be a star. Of all the young guns, I think I like Hovland the best. Yeah, he is. He's probably my favorite out of the. Yeah, they kind of get lumped together: the Morikawa, Hovland, Wolf. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who is the other guy. I was watching some highlights of him in like Saudi Arabia. The little guy. He's like five foot six. Hits the ball three fifty. Oh, man. Uh, I think he's just American. Oh, Kitayama. 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 I don't think I've seen a lot of him. It was uh, something JD pulled, and I was just trying to figure out how to say his name right. So I pulled him up on YouTube, and yeah, he he sucked last week. I think it was a JD uh, matchup that didn't go so well. Yeah. Thanks, JD. Appreciate that. He and he's up against Von Taylor, and my stuff is always gonna love Von Taylor. Yeah, Von, Von Taylor does everything right in my mind, so that's not a matchup I'm gonna touch. Unless I actually take some Von Taylor, I guess. It's not that far off a threshold that I'm using. So some of these I end up and it bothers me because I don't know as much about these, but man, I, I usually don't have the big names. You know, the the matchups between some of the big names don't usually come up, but I really want to fade Ricky Fowler this week. And I wanted your opinion on that because I'm, my stuff says I should take Brooks over Ricky. I should take, God, I think there was two Ricky matchups that, that were in there that uh, I wanted to go against. What is he just like, is the, is, is, or is he, is there a big dog? Like, is he a big favorite versus the guys he's up against? No, they put him up against Fleetwood and Brooks. And I mean, Fleetwood and Brooks, like I said earlier, when we just went over the the first stuff, like Fleetwood and Brooks are both what they're four and six for me, and I have Fowler down towards the middle of the pack. You know, he, his approach game, he's losing strokes. Bogey, I, again, I threw bogey avoidance in. He's pretty low there, and his ball striking isn't good in, in the sample size I use. So I'm just twenty third online, and Brooks is, you know. They're, I mean, the price is cool. like they're not. You know, it's not like a big favorite. They're they're priced fairly close. The so same thing with uh, with him and Fleetwood. Yeah, just from a simple model, I don't hate it. Uh, are you gonna give up the? Let's see. You can get plus half plus one and a half strokes, but you got to pay a lot of juice, or you just bet them pretty much even money against Fowler. Yeah, I can get I can get Brooks for minus one hundred five. If I played it, I would just do that. I don't like the plus one point five strokes. You pay a lot for it. Yeah, it doesn't seem and it doesn't seem to ever come into play. Um, Although maybe maybe in a tournament like this, where 
you know, if you look at the distribution of finishers in, I mean, just take Puerto Rico, for instance, again, you know, you have guys finishing a couple dozen strokes under par. Like, it feels like a tournament like this, maybe things are a little more bunched up where you, you know, you have people and, you know, there's some, there's going to be some disaster rounds, but those people will be, you know, they won't be playing the weekend. So I think maybe I'd be a little more hesitant to sell strokes in a tournament like this, where there might just be, you know, 30, 40 players bunched up between two and five under. Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about is, Brooks uh, says he has like a lingering knee. He got stem cells from his knee. And he says it doesn't hurt when he swings. But it, he said when he kind of going up and down hills. Now, wow. good thing is that we are in Florida. And Florida is pretty flat. So I don't hate it. Based on the model. So that's only the only only concerning thing. But if you can get, you know, Brooks Cap was the third third ranked player in the world versus Ricky, who actually has a decent track record here, but just pure talent, you know, obviously Brooks, I think, is gonna be a better play for you. Yeah, and I, I think I'm probably gonna you know, these are I don't know what sample size you're using when you go, how many, you know, when you start throwing your model in together as far as how many rounds you're using. But, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's a bigger sample size than like current form when you're starting to dig into, you know, chunks of last year. And that's where I do like getting in and just, you know, clicking on the name and seeing, right. seeing just, you know, how have they actually played this season, you know, since, since the first of the year, not digging in too far, you know, going back. It was like, yeah, like you said, I mean, Brooks, he's, you know, he can be the best on tour. Yeah. He won St. Jude nicely last year. He's had a bunch of top five finishes. He, he does certain things at uh, majors that, you know, normal people can't do, or he just turns it on and beats everybody. But, like, he missed the cut at the Shriners. He played, a, you know, played pretty badly there. And then all he's done is play the Genesis, it looks like. I don't like has he did he played anything else? Am I missing something? Did no, he, he, hasn't played, he hasn't played that much. He's I think the last few starts it was like uh miscut withdraw and then it was like a fifty third and a and he made it he made the cut at uh, Riviera. What did I see? Yeah, it looks like he finished what forty third. Yeah, like that, and that maybe that's the only thing that would scare me off. This is just I don't know how he's actually feeling. I don't know. I haven't seen him play enough golf. Mm-hmm. Like he, yeah, the missed cut was the Shriners. That's in October. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, how, how much do I really want to put that? You know, no, no. I'm just, just no. Just exactly. going over the last whatever six starts. Your boy. Kyle oh yeah, Young. No, that's what I'm saying. Like I look at it, I'm like, oh, he missed the cut last time out. Then you look, like shit, that was October. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't put too much weight into that. Your boy Katayama is going against Von Taylor. So yeah. you got a chance there. <laughs> I like I always like Von Taylor for some reason. It always pops high. I mean, if he pops high, uh has he been coming through in your matchups though while he's popping high? I haven't I haven't really bet much with him. In oh, fact, okay. I didn't even bet I didn't make a single bet in Mexico besides the outright. 
everything. I'd run the numbers every night and I wouldn't find anything I loved. And I'd end mm-hmm. up playing a Puerto Rican matchup. I played like eight Puerto Rico matchups. That was it. Just daily stuff last weekend. I don't know if I love WGC stuff. I love to watch it. I didn't really care for many no. of the matchups. I was yeah, I'm not, yeah, I didn't really see anything that popped. I got blasted on a DJ over John Rahm. DJ was like plus 125, and I was just like, we were just like, man, that's just a pretty good number to get DJ versus Rahm. Obviously, it failed miserably. That, that's a, maybe another thing I struggle with and don't take advantage of enough. Mm-hmm. In some of these matchups where the numbers are, you know, you're not looking at minus 110 or 15 on both sides where the, the numbers have drifted a little and, you're, you know, somebody's like plus 125 plus, you know, on some of these it gets it gets way out of whack as you get up into the top of the list here where you get somebody at a pretty decent number. Or maybe, you know, I'm looking for big differences in where they rank in the model, like people that are, you know, a top 10 player in my model versus somebody who's halfway down. But if I, you know, if I have two guys that are pretty close and one of them is plus 120, plus 130, maybe that's something I should be looking at. Yes. You should. What I try to look for is uh, guys that are flips and I'm getting like plus 105, plus 110, plus 120. Mm-hmm. That's something you definitely, definitely want to look up. Well, it's like hockey betting. Yeah. Exactly. You, you want to find a 50 50 match and get plus 120. And just yeah. do it a hundred times. Yeah, well, you're from Minnesota, so uh, you're probably a big hockey guy, eh? Oh yeah, our hockey team's so good, though. So go for hockey. Go for women's hockey. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Is anybody else popping in the model? This guy was a stalwart. He crushed for me in matchups last year. He's not really popping my model, but Rory Sabatini. Absolutely, crushed. he had that. He had that run there. I don't remember, you know, like what six, eight, ten weeks where he was consistently on the first page of the leaderboard. Yeah. It was a weird run, but you yeah, couldn't he, and you couldn't fade him. I remember people like, ah, you know, he's he's playing over his head. I'm going to fade him this week. It, it never worked out. Yeah, he's going up against somebody who's, I think he, Sabatini's thirty third. And my model and Keith Mitchell, who I think won here a couple of years ago, does not even pop a bit. He's been playing bad this year, I think. Yep, that's uh, it's not one of the you know I just highlighted some of the really big differences for because I wanted to kind of narrow it down, but Keith Mitchell's not very high for me. His last five form was pretty bad. A few miscuts. He actually did a good at waste management. But as far as, you know, 2020s, missed a couple cuts already. Been real on or off. Like the the TOC, he had really, really bad rounds. I'd like to look at some of those scorecards, I guess. But he didn't play too terrible the last couple weeks. But yeah. still, didn't, uh, still didn't make the top 20 last week. Nothing. Yeah, I'm looking at Rory's history and he hasn't really lit anything up this year so I'm probably going to stay away from that one who else is popping up here in this model here uh Corey Connors is up there Billy Horschel 
and Russell Knox. Yeah, that's another guy too. I had Billy Horschel kind of high. I have Connors higher than Horschel, but none of the matchups were juicy enough for my liking. Yeah. Something that came th- close was, man, when I have a guy that is lower, it's always he's always matched up in a couple different matchups against somebody decent. Like I wanted to play Usti against Rose, but it just wasn't quite enough. And I don't know how like I really have to I really have to have a guy low having bad form and have a few other things I hate if I want to start doing the you know, the double matchup fade. Those get a little tricky. Okay. Whereas, man, if you're wrong on one guy and you play him against in two matchups, things can go, things can go from bad to worse in a tournament. Yeah, nothing else really popping on matchups. There's some ones that I, you know, just look like flips basically. Uh, I did like Joaquin Neiman, but you said Harris English popped first in your model. Yeah. And I usually like Neiman, but he is a little further down. It wasn't, you know, regardless of where English was, like Neiman's still high enough where I don't, I don't want to play that matchup. I right. do like Neiman. He's top 20 for me, but English just ended up first because he does so many of the things well, and he's had a decent form here the last however many rounds. Just looking at him, I don't even know if I pulled him up completely yet. He's, you know, he got a top, a top 20 finisher at Waste Management. Not sure what the hell he did last week. All right, I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look at that cheat sheet. So, what did you uh, did you decide on any outrights? Or you? Yeah, that's what I was gonna do. I was, let's this. Let's give the listeners a pick six. Right, you can either do them before or you can add. Uh, let's give them two long shots for guys we like. Maybe put for like top tens or top twenties. And then somebody that you hate this week. And you want to do Honda or Omen? Honda. Okay, we'll just stick to Honda. I pulled up one and Oman came up first. Like Oman. What? Oh, 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 Was it Oman? Yeah. Oman? Oh, the, uh, the European tour? Uh... Yeah. Just Luton. Just Luton. Just Luton. Guys won a lot more tournaments than people think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my long shot, I mean, it's got to be Harris English. Man, he's 72 here at Bookmaker. I don't see how I don't play that. Okay. I concur with Harris English. Popping early for me, I'm going to go with Gary. I think he's, he's like 15 or something. Yeah, I'm seeing anywhere. I'm, I got a couple books open right now. I found a 19 at Bookmaker, Chris. I, I I don't hate that. Okay, Gary. I'm also going with Victor Hoblin, around 31. Yeah, that's a nice number. Fine. Trying to go back to back. Um, I'm a sucker for this guy, and I saw glimpses. Of really solid rounds, and you got him back on a course he loved. Daniel Berger at 34. I'm going to ride with you on Harris. 
Uh, I'm going to go with JT Poston, one of the rare. This is an interesting stat for him. He won a tournament and didn't make a bogey. So that's pretty hard to do. That's a lot of DFS points. Yes, sir. Oh, my uh, God. Four <laughs> bogey for your rounds. Yes, sir. Jesus. Then, um, I'm going to go with Kevin Streelman, who played well at Pebble. He's at 71. And my long shot of the week, let's go with the little engine that could, Brian Harmon. You got someone you – were you going to do someone you hate? A number you just despise? Um, yes, I am. Hold on. I hate Justin Rhodes this week. Yeah, that's a 25. I think it's a toss-up between that and Fowler being 14 to 1, just the way I have him ranked. Yep. Definitely. If I I don't know if, yeah I don't know if I had all these pre tournament I might uh, a couple of these guys I might look see other play start out before I get in live which I'm glad I found a couple books that are taking some nice action live which is I think there's advantage there if you can I mean, kind of read how a guy's playing but yeah Harris mm-hmm. English, Harris English seventy two to one man that's that's making the card him and Van Ruyen at fifty those are both there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they're both kind of long shots. I'll I'll probably I'll probably play Hovland at some at some point. He's a young like we talked about. He's a young guy. He's gonna have some rough stretches. I think if maybe he ends up with a bad hole or two, but he's not playing terrible, you probably get a better number than thirty to one. He might be a guy that I do get in live on. Maybe the same thing with Sung J M. He's around the same number, thirty to one, but that might be a live look I get in later. And then maybe a long shot live look who this could be something where I don't get as good of a number. If right. well, but it's one of those where I'm willing to wait and see him play a few holes or half a round, maybe a full round. But yeah, Joaquin Neiman, he pops, but there's a few things about him that scare me where I might just uh, hold off and wait before I add him. And, you know, if I don't like what I'm seeing on Thursday, he might just not get any money from me. Right. And then, yeah, I mean, probably the last one's going to be between Billy and Gary. Wood, Wood, actually, Woodland's 19. 19's a good number on that. If oh, they're yeah. going to list Fowler at 14, I'm going to take Gary at 19. So that might be a pretty tournament one right there because he has just as good a shot as Fleetwood or Kepka to win this thing. No, I'm in total agreement there. Who who are you despising? It's it's got to be the the Ricky number. He's okay. 14, 15 to one. Just the, everything I have looking at him this week, I might find a uh, maybe maybe I need to go find some to miss the cut props. I used to play a lot of those last year. Those are fun. Cheering against the guy on Friday. I don't know if they have it every single week. They usually put him up during the big tournaments. I mean, if your book is offering up every tournament, that's really really good. For the DJs out there, I'm going to give you some Oman picks brought to you by my man at Bradley underscore Todd. This guy's on an absolute tear. Uh, Brendan Abair is 45 to 1. C. Sordet 
S O R D E T at 80 to 1. Brandon Stone at 80 to 1. John Campillo, 80 to 1. R Sigrist, that's S I E G R I S T, 125 to 1. And S Val Mackey at 225 to 1. So just in case you're <laughs> up late and you want a little bit of a sweat on the European tour, I'll give you some of those. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I've, I've, uh, I think I've bet on Jorge Campillo before, or maybe against him. That name pops. Give that guy a follow. Brad at underscore Todd. Brad, I'm sorry, Bradley at underscore Todd. Very, very, very sharp guy. I found Seagrass now, too. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and like listen to this just to write those down. Hopefully, maybe actually, I'll find his Twitter. I'm sure he posted them. Oh, yeah, he posted them, yeah. So, yeah, look um, for him. What else is going on? Is anything do you have, else? Do you, have any, do you have any ladies' picks? Do we have a tournament this week, or is it? We have it. I have been really slipping on my LPGA. Uh, and they've been tripping because of the uh, coronavirus. Oh yeah, Dude, there's a there's gonna there's a tennis match. It's Davis Cup. They're gonna play it in Japan in front of no crowd. Like really? it's an, yeah, because of because of the coronavirus scare. So it's gonna be an empty tennis stadium. And I mean, it's high level tennis. They just, I I really don't think we're having Olympics there. Because the, man, Dave, and the more I think about that, it's like sending people from every country in the world to a place that might have you know, a big breakout they and then sending, it, sending them home crazy. after two weeks. Like that, that seems like the, the worst recipe for this. So who knows? But yeah, that's between tennis, golf and some of the other stuff that goes on over in the far East there. It'll be interesting to see what they do with some of these sports. No LPGA this week. Ugh. Well, you're off the hook then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So nothing else going on there. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add to this week? Uh, I don't know. I mean, just how are you going to are you going to approach some uh, round by round stuff, or are you just going to play a full tournament this week? <sighs> yeah, I, I, listen. Stay away from round one here, unless you just absolutely hate a guy here. I want to see how guys have adjusted to going cross country and how they're going to play round one. I might be interested in round two, guys that are. Uh, guys tend to press here when they're trying to make the cut. So if you're kind of down on a guy and he struggled round one, I would definitely kind of lean on him going into round two. And um, I would on on for, on a Sunday, I'd also back some of the guys that are that you were kind of high on pre tournament. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. So I Something I look at on the weekend is I look for people who are like grossly overperforming or right. grossly underperforming and still made the cut. And then, and then, you know, just like anything else, digging in a little, like, did I misjudge this person? Is that why I think they're over underperforming or like legitimately did they just play 36 holes out of their mind and we need to fade this person now. So I do, I love matchups come Saturday and Sunday. I think that's a, some actionable angles. So I think I am with you there as far as avoiding, avoiding Thursday with some of the wind we're looking at and 
mm-hmm. and just some of the who knows about this tournament. So, yeah, taking it easy. I'm going to probably have four or five full tournament matchups and then some some outrights here and probably get that put together on Wednesday. Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll post my plays, I guess, either today or tomorrow. We'll try to get this up tonight. Andy, I'd like to thank you for joining the For Profit Podcast today. Uh, your insight was uh, absolutely wonderful. Oh, appreciate it. It's always good to, I mean, it's just like when we talk on Twitter and everything, it's always nice to just bounce stuff off another handicapper, especially somebody who's bet way more golf than me. It's always, uh, mm-hmm. I always come on here and learn something. All right. With that being said, we're going to cut this one short today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, subscribe, write a review. Uh, you want to hype anything that you're going to put out in the next few weeks, Andy? Or oh, next few days? Next few days. Well, probably golf card. I'm, I'm all in now. It's none of this playing. You know, <laughs> none of this playing. I think I, you know, I played half units on a bunch of just daily stuff in Puerto Rico. That's not sexy. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. People like outright, so. Hopefully yeah. I can find one this year, but yeah, I'm going to have a golf cart. I'm playing a lot of basketball here. And then just, you know, if you do get into college basketball, I'm going to be doing my bet on every single conference tournament thing I did last year, which was a lot of fun. How did you do last year in the conference tournament? I mean, I outlaid like 60 units on conference tournament futures, like before yeah. each one. And right. ended up, I ended up profiting like 0.26. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, just, just skimmed off a little profit, but I think I learned a lot of good lessons about some of those smaller tournaments this year or last year. I think, uh, I think I'm gonna have a lot of fun with it again. So that's something I'll be doing here in the next uh, couple of weeks. Is man, March Madness right around the corner. Yeah, you are a pretty talented uh, basketball handicapper. Uh, I definitely lean on you for that. So much appreciated for your intellect and insight on the college basketball. All right. Other than that, we are going to conclude the preview to the Honda Invitational. Subscribe, write a review, repeat, and share. Thank you so much, and we out. Peace.